We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. You still have a chance at money. It's continuing through the end of this week. It's the KFI Cash Refill Contest. It's $1,000 up for grabs. Be listening for the keyword at around 220, then follow the instructions as to how to enter the keyword, and you could win the money. All right, well, a lot on the vagrant front coming up this hour. I This story that NBC4 did, it was Joel Grover, and he's a good reporter, but uh, he spoke to the mother. Remember last week, the story out of Sherman Oaks, that someone had been run over and killed by a trash truck? Mm-hmm. And it was described as a homeless person. This mother of this man says, no way is he homeless. Well, we'll play the story and talk about it. And there's a possible lawsuit. Because when you hear about this person was sort of bundled up in blankets in an alleyway and apparently has major drug problems. And I don't know how you blame the trash collectors, but well, you don't. this is what this comes to. You don't. But, uh, you know, people just uh, file lawsuits and they try to win money. And, yeah. the, and the city. Why weren't you taking care of your son more? Really looking after him, really making sure he wasn't on the streets with his opioid problem. And the cities settle because it's not their money; it's tax money, so they make it go away they rather might. than uh, pay big legal bills. We're going to begin though with Culver City. The Culver City Council voted last night to approve an ordinance that would ban camping on public streets. We're going to bring on Council Member Dan O'Brien. To give us some more details behind this. Dan, how are you? Hey, I'm well, thanks. How are you doing? Uh, we're good. So what is, what is the specifics of what you're banning and what's still going to be legal? Um, so, you know, we're going off the, the 
the heels of a lot of our other municipalities uh, who already have no encampment ordinances on the books. Uh, we were one of the last local cities to not have that. And what it does is it makes it illegal to establish a shelter on public right away, um, public spaces. And um, this covers, I know there was a big controversy in Culver City not that long ago over a series of tents encampments underneath an overpass. And I think your city was trying to build an abutment so that people could walk around the encampment rather than getting rid of it. Yeah, um, that was uh, the prior. So I was elected in November. Right. Um, that happened last year prior to me being elected, where one of our streets that went under the 405 had a, um, a number of tents along there. And the sidewalk, I, I think it was only five feet wide, and one of our housed residents who live right around the corner has a disability where his only way to get around is by a wheelchair and it was a clear ada violation um so the council at the time was considering um instead of enforcing or you know compelling these folks to to leave that area instead extending the sidewalk um a con- yeah, wider out into the streets so that the guy in the wheelchair could wheel around the encampment, but the encampment got priority over him, and you and this town was willing to spend money to 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 accommodate uh, the vagrants and their tents. Yeah, that was the the topic on the table for a while. Yeah, so that's gone. That plan. Yeah, they uh, it, there ended up being some. I don't know the, the exact details of it because I wasn't uh, behind the scenes at the time, but it was determined to not be feasible. So um, instead, we enforced uh, the ADA regulations. I, I heard that, well, I read that some of your concerns is that since L.A. has declared a state of emergency on homelessness and is making a more concerned effort to get people out of encampments, that they'll just move into your into Culver City because you border L.A. Yeah, when Mayor Bass... Uh, issued her emergency order in December, we were, you know, we're surrounded 360 degrees by Los Angeles. And there, there's many um, encampments on the borders of our city, um, which do also carry over into Culver City. But we were certainly concerned that if LA began enforcing their ordinances, um, those who are unhoused, who did not, you know, want to accept services would simply move across the street instead of, uh, you know, accepting those services. This has really gotten bad over the last six years. Why? Why now is the council finally banning these uh, outdoor encampments? Why, why did it take so long? Well, I think, you know, the prior council was strongly focused on long-term solutions, and and you know, uh, one of those is providing more housing and more affordable housing but the problem is is that in the meantime we have a crisis on our hands and we're you know expecting people to live in dangerous um, outdoor environments while we wait for um, long-term housing to be built 
And myself and um, my colleagues believe that, you know, we can do both. And, and that's the direction let, we're going. Let me, let me ask we're, you about this long-term housing idea. Um, yeah. I mean, there was a story, I don't know if you saw it the other day, that uh, in downtown, one of these longtime homeless nonprofits for 30 mm -hmm. years has been using all the money that they get a hold of tax money and donations. And they were buying old buildings and they were turning them into residences for the homeless, right? Single residence occupancy, uh, uh, accommodations. And they're going bankrupt now. And the main reason they're going bankrupt is, uh, the vagrants that they were giving shelter to would then destroy the place. And some people were destroying three of these uh, over the course of their stay. They they get one, they ruin it. They get a second one, they destroy it. They get a third one, they ruin that too. And now they're now they're going bankrupt. Does anyone on the council worry that this is going to be a complete waste of time and money? Because the kind of people you're trying to, you're trying to house are just not capable of living peacefully like a normal person. Sure. Um... So I'm going to base, I, I don't know about the story that you're talking about. Um, and I'm going to base my answer on what my experiences are. Um, we've got two motels uh, on Sepulveda near the 405 that we have purchased through a home key grant program. And it's going to provide 73 rooms. Half of them are permanent supportive and the other half are transitional. And I visited another place like that. Um, in Baldwin Park with the same uh, services management organization. And they'd been up and running for about a year and a quarter when I visited them. And they had a great success rate. Um, they had 88 rooms and they had uh, gotten 18 people into permanent housing solutions. Um, and, you know, my belief is if they were successful there, they could be successful in Culver City. Um, and I think our you know, we have the benefit of being a small town. Uh, we're only five square miles, 40,000 people. Our, our homeless population, while it's a, a regional issue, um, we we know those who are unhoused in our community by name, or our staff does. They're, they've got continual outreach. Um, so they're able, I think they're more able than Los Angeles is just by the lack of sheer volume to uh, treat people where they're at you know, and, and they know what, you know, whether or not a certain type of shelter is appropriate for a certain person's station in life, you know, uh, whether they've got mental health issues or substance abuse issues, or they're just simply on the streets because, you know, they, they their job doesn't pay enough money. Um, I met, met a gentleman like that uh, several weeks ago who he's living in a tent and he has a job. So it's the whole range. Um, and I think because we're small, we can, we can be more tactical about it. And, um, and our staff has been great and I really applaud him. Uh, now back to the ordinance. We're talking to council member Dan O'Brien from Culver city. Is it worded in a way that you get around these court rulings where you can't just tell somebody that's, you know, pitched a tent that they have to leave or you have to, but you have to have shelter for them. How have you worded it? Yeah. So, you know, I, I we, we've leaned on our, our city attorney, you know, uh, to, to ensure that we're, uh, fulfilling those guidelines. Um, we, you know, there's, there's ordinances in place and we, we asked our city staff to model ours after Santa Monica's, um, you know, what we're doing with this ordinance isn't, uh, radical. 
it's 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 something that most of the municipalities in in our region are are doing. Um, it's getting a lot of attention, maybe because we're last. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, we we can't compel a person to leave a public space, um, but we can, as long as we are providing shelter, tell them that they can't have a structure, you know, a shelter structure on our public right of way. All right, Councilmember Dan O'Brien, thanks for talking to us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right, Culver City, Councilmember Dan O'Brien. Coming up next, your chance at some money. That's the keyword, KFI Cash Refill Contest. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Oh, listen to this. Beginning of the show, you said Diane Feinstein announced that she is retiring. Yeah. Now, she's claiming... She never put out a statement, and she was what? unaware her staff had put out a statement. This story's everywhere today. <laughs> everywhere. Diane, what do you mean she's not? Diane Fox. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, this tells you all you need to know about the problem here. <laughs> Diane Feinstein told reporters she had not released anything about retiring from Congress. End of the Big Times website today, right now. End of an era. Senator Diane Feinstein to retire at the end of current okay. term. Um, I uh, exactly. I don't. Uh, she, oh no. She doesn't Sorry. remember. See, this is a meltdown. Oh. Yep. I haven't made that decision. I haven't released anything. She told reporters. All right. It was a statement. What you're reading now is that her voice, or is that another statement? She told reporters. When she was asked, she said this. I haven't See, made... All right, so this is, this is vocal. Vocal, yeah. When a staff, we got to get this audio. When a staffer mentioned the earlier announcement, she then said, you put out the statement? I didn't know they put it out. Oh, no. <laughs> this almost sounds like a joke. Are you reading from The Onion? <laughs> this really happened. They have photos. What, 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 what's the source of what you're reading right now? Give uh, me the source. Uh, it, it's the uh, Daily Mail. The Daily Mail. Okay, because I'm not seeing this right now anywhere else. Let me just see if I can. <laughs> they have photos right. of her. They jump on things quickly, the yeah. Daily Mail, and they're often right. And and she's Oh, been... here it is. Fox News. Right. right. Feinstein reportedly unaware of her retirement <laughs> announcement during reporter gaggle. Oh, get that audio, Ray. Find that audio. Asked by reporters about her announcement to resign. Says, if I haven't made that decision, I haven't released. Wait a minute. If I haven't made that decision, I haven't released anything. Right. A staffer then told the senator that a statement had been released. Feinstein said, I didn't know they put that out. Mm -hmm. That's right. And she's uh, she stopped dyeing her hair, and she's got a lot of, like, gray roots coming out now. Oh. Doesn't look good. But I, this is the reason she better just go away, because... Well, well, but you can't make, even figure out what's going on because she doesn't remember. If if you have to, they probably said to her yesterday, "We're going to release a statement that you are officially not running again." She probably nodded, mm -hmm. but doesn't remember any of that. Right. So the next day, she's like, "What?" <laughs> and they could put it out again, and she's not going to remember. Yeah, because short term memory is an issue, and and we told you a couple times they've been overheard staffers and Feinstein where she's been yelling at them, "What bill? I didn't read any bill." <laughs> But what are you talking about? What 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 they've got to do, everybody's got to stop protecting her because this is embarrassing to her, right? She had a very distinguished career, and all these sycophants, all her aides, and, and all the idiot reporters that always suck up to Democrat politicians in the state, tell the truth. You see it. All those reporters standing around her, they know that she lost her mind some time ago. All her aides do, too. 
And so do all the other senators and all the other staffers. Why don't you tell the truth to the public? Everybody, step forward. Do an intervention here. Stop hmm. it. Stop with your stupid uh, protecting the uh, senator routine. So apparently a second reporter has corrected her reporting, saying it sounded like Feinstein said, I should have known they put it out, rather than I didn't know they put it out. See the difference there? Uh, Yeah. Sort of like the timing of it. I wasn't aware they already put it out. But then she said, I haven't made that decision. Yeah, she says, oh, no, I'm not announcing anything. I will one day. <laughs> she said this in an interview an hour after her retirement was announced. <laughs> Well, it's going to change every hour because now oh. she's not going to remember this particular encounter. I feel bad about this. I mean, honestly, I know that's what I'm saying. They 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 ought to uh, they they ought to come forward. Her family ought to come forward and say, you know what, we're going to take care of it. But the well, tweet her husband's still... dead, right? So yeah, who's gonna? She's got kids though, right? Adults, obviously, I, adult I, children. I don't know. They need to step up and see if they can't help her out here. But if she doesn't remember things, it's like, yeah, you can convince well, her of something in an hour later. What? But this I is, never said that. This is, I, I think, the thing is, I'm she sure. She could, another hour you know, or two from now, say, yes, I did retire. I wonder if there's some kind of mechanism where someone is physically or mentally incapacitated that there's a way to uh, remove them from office. Like, you know, the, they had that for the presidency. Yeah, they had the 25th uh, Amendment. There probably is for the Senate some sort of mechanism, right? Yeah. I, Incompetency. I, I, and that's what they ought to do here. No. Because otherwise, yeah, no, they should. You know, it's it's going to be another almost two years of this. No. This, this. Just put her and Biden on a little bus. Nah, I know. A couple of years, Biden's going to be doing this. Probably, yeah. I mean, she's 89, he's 80. Right. He's catching up to her, yes. But, but yeah, but he's in worse shape than she was at 80. Yeah, remember last year... Even some of her own Senate colleagues were telling reporters sort of anonymously that yeah. no, uh, they're, they're all cowards. She's not there. They've all got this weird religious protocol on how you treat politicians. You could you could not. Can you imagine uh, uh, the, the CEO of Disney if he was acting like this? Do you think the board would be keeping him on? Yeah, but it's just the Senate. <laughs> yeah, because your staff can keep up with the bills and hand out press releases and take care of everything. You know, I mean, we knew this with, uh, who was the guy that lived to 100? Strom Thurmond. Strom Thurmond, yeah. right. Same thing. Right. He, they were he pushing was him around. in his 90s. He didn't know what was going on. No, they were pushing him around in a wheelchair. His head was bowed down. He was drooling on his shirt. And they'd roll him to his, uh, to, to where he sits and, and take his hand to hit a green button for yes and a red button for no on the vote. All right, we got more coming up. We will play this story from NBC4 about a mother well, it looks like she may be leaning towards a lawsuit. Her son was run over by a garbage truck in Sherman Oaks, but her son was a homeless guy in the alleyway. She denies he's homeless. We'll give you all the details. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. So Diane Feinstein or her, sta or her staff sent out a release saying that she was not going to run for re-election in 2024. And then a little while ago in talking to reporters, she insisted she made no such decision. And she was upset that her staff had put it out. Uh, we, we have audio that Eric has uh, gotten. So let's see what happened. Re-election. Well, I haven't made that decision. I haven't released anything. Okay, it will be my plan. You put out the statement? Yeah, put out your statement. I didn't know they put it out. Okay. Um, so it is what it is. I think the time has come. I have a whole other year. 
Uh, I have things that are underway. I expect to achieve them. I hope. Yeah. And so we'll see. Senator, you. when did you make your decision? I know you said it was going to take you some time. Senator, we need to catch the train. Yeah. Well, my husband has died, and that affected the decision. Nope. Can you make it this week? It's, a, it's not the end of next year. Okay. I have a slightly different take on this. I'm not going to say she sounds incredibly lucid, but she doesn't sound that bad there. And what she's saying is they did draft a statement. I didn't know it went out already. Well, is that what, that's what I picked up from that audio. Right. That, but the first line that, is that I, she is stepping down, but didn't know they had already put it out. First not line, as bad a story as it sounded like. I, that's how I take well, it. Well, the first line, she says, I haven't made that decision. Yeah, because she wanted to because you don't want to get ahead of the, the press release. So I see. Her viewpoint there is, all right, we're going to do it tomorrow or next week. So if they ask me, I'll just say I haven't made that decision because the official statement isn't out yet. That's that's how I see it. I know I'm taking a lighter position on this than you are, but uh, she didn't sound that bad there in that audio. No, in that moment. but she, I, Correct. I, that's exactly I, how it works. Good I, days, bad days, good minutes, bad minutes. I've seen the audio where she asked the long-winded question at a oh. hearing and got an answer. and then Oh, yeah, no, she's clearly I, in the cognitive yeah, decline. Yeah. It's true. But there could have been some sort of misunderstanding, and and maybe there's and maybe someone told her this morning we're putting out the statement, and she did forget that already. Right. But in her long term memory, she knows there's a statement, and it's eventually going to go out. You see. Right. Yeah, that's what I think happened. Is she did make the decision, she agreed to put it out, and then she forgot she agreed to it, and forgot that today might be the day. Right. So. so I bet I looked it. Up. My guess is she's done, and I think that we won't hear much else. <laughs> Um, it turns out that there is no way to remove a member of Congress if they become incapacitated. Hmm. There's uh, there's a way to remove the president, but not a member of Congress. Right. Ah. And that amendment to remove a president is fairly recent. It was, uh, I think, 1967 after the Kennedy assassination. Oh, I didn't know that. And they, they added um, some amendments to... Uh, to uh, controlling the presidential term. Because it was uh, always coming up during Trump's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, the, the, the history of this, there was a senator of North Dakota, Carl Munt. He suffered a stroke and never showed up uh, at the Senate for the last three years of his term. And oh, That's happened in the past couple of years. A couple of senators had strokes. Yeah. Uh, senator Carter Glass of Virginia got sick and for two years didn't show up. Uh, citizens of Virginia even petitioned courts to remove Glass from his seat, but the court refused to take action because there is no law about it. And a sitting member of Congress has never been removed from office due to incapacitation. This does the law doesn't exist. So, all right, we move over to this story from NBC4's I Team and Joel Grover. We told you that a lot of homeless people have been dying in Sherman Oaks. This is Nithya Raman's district. Uh, was it four bodies, I think, have been found? Four bodies. Um, One of the most recent ones was a guy that was hit by a L.A. sanitation trash truck. But it isn't like he was standing in the road or crossing the street. He was bundled up in a bunch of blankets in what appears to be an alleyway. And the trash truck backed over him. People did not know that there was a person. I'm sure there are times you have walked past a sidewalk or a park or somewhere, and there's just a bundle of clothes or blankets, and you can't tell if there's somebody under there. Oh, on Santa Monica Beach frequently. I've seen that. Yeah. 
you can't. It might be somebody left something behind right. in the water. Can't or, tell if it's rubble or a person. So, uh, and this happens from time to time. Remember, it happened up in the Sacramento area where apparently they were trying to clean up an encampment and there was still a woman wrapped up in blankets in there and she died. This uh, interview and this story, it's sad. It's, it's the man's mother. But uh, this looks like the precursor to a possible lawsuit, which we object to. Let's play the story. A grieving mother places flowers on a memorial to her 35-year-old son, hit and killed in this alley by this city of L.A. garbage truck last month. And the day that he died, a piece of me died. I cannot explain the pain. Sarah Terrell is talking about her son David, who on the day of the accident was described as a homeless man by city officials. But his mother says that label is not accurate. You don't consider that your son was homeless? No, I don't consider him being homeless. I consider him a person struggling with drug addiction. Sarah told me the addiction started in high school. David was a baseball player, but above all, a skateboarder so accomplished he got sponsorships. David was passionate about skateboarding. David had goals. David was an intelligent kid. But she says her son had four skateboarding accidents where he broke bones. One year was a risk. Next time it was the ankle. And each time was given opioid painkillers. Doctors prescribed the pills. And he got addicted to them. Yes. Sarah says that led to other drugs, including marijuana, heroin, and fentanyl. She says David worked in the entertainment industry and was recently living with family in this home in San Fernando, but was still struggling with addiction. It appeared that whenever he'd go on his addiction trips, he wouldn't want to be around family. So he disappeared. Like in the early morning hours of January 25th, a security camera recorded David on the sidewalk, apparently high, outside a friend's apartment on Burbank Boulevard in Sherman Oaks. Sometimes we're out here walking our dog. Neighbors say the alley behind the apartment is a place where people stroll with their kids and walk their dogs, and cars often have to drive around people. Show me where you saw him. This neighbor told me she saw something in the middle of the alley around 11 a.m. in the spot where David was hit. You saw him right here. Kind of like across here, but I didn't see him. I saw blankets. 20 minutes later, two other neighbors who asked us not to show their faces say they saw David sitting in the middle of the alley. I can clearly see that it's a person. You could clearly see I it was a person. I can clearly see that it's a person. Minutes later, this city garbage truck drove through the alley to empty these cans and ran over David Terrell. Even though the truck had five cameras on it, including one in the front and one in the back, according to the Department of Sanitation. I will think anybody who would drive into the alley will see him. These women say they told LAPD officers on the scene what they saw. Did the cops take a statement from you? Nope. The LAPD told us it did interview two witnesses and the driver who provided a chemical sample was not impaired and there are no criminal charges anticipated. The I-team learned there have been five fatal accidents involving LA City trash trucks in the last decade, like this one in December in San Pedro, where a sanitation truck hit and killed a pedestrian. And the I-team has previously reported there have been hit and runs, like this one where an LA garbage truck backed into a parked car, dented and scratched it, and then took off. The sanitation department says that truck driver is now in the disciplinary process. I can't let his death go in vain. Sarah Terrell wants to know why 
why that garbage truck hit and then rolled over her son in broad daylight, crushing him, she says, to the point he was unrecognizable. The sanitation department says it can't comment on the driver while there's an ongoing investigation. Sarah plans to file a wrongful death claim against the city in the coming days. He was a human being and no mother should have to bury their kids and nobody should ever go through the pain that I'm going through. Oh, there's a lot to unpack here. Oh That's my from God. NBC4 and Joel Grover. Uh, look, you're going to sleep under a pile of blankets. You're going to pass out in an alleyway, which is a thoroughfare for trucks, and trucks are difficult to maneuver. Are you kidding me? Are we now in the age where wherever they go, these truck drivers are going to have to get out, inspect everything, push the blankets aside, make sure there's nobody? I mean, are you kidding me? This is what tolerance yeah. gets you. Yeah. Uh, m- m- Mom is trying to make it sound like, uh, you know, the, the truck driver's responsible. Your son's responsible. Uh, he's the one who chose to lay out under blankets in the alleyway. And to, if you're worried about him, then you should be making sure he gets home every night. And think about I mean, this, too. A skateboarding not, career that led to broken bones, that led let, to opioid let me, abuse. Let me I mean, honestly. Look, they, they, in our family, there's been some broken bones and surgeries and opioids were prescribed a couple of times. You have to be on that like a hawk. And you can only take the opioids for a few days, period. And then after that, you got to suck it up. Period. I mean, because you if you, you take them for even a week, you'll start getting addicted. And that, that's the way that works. And who knows? And, and, this guy probably got it off the street. He could have fentanyl in it, making oh. it even more dangerous and yeah. worse for no, you. I mean, I mean, you just can't have it both ways. If, if, skateboarding is, 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 is not a life. Uh, if, if you go through four injuries and now you're drug addicted and you don't control the drug addiction and then you, you let the guy sleep in the alleyway and now you're going to ruin this, this truck driver's life. I, I, you know, I, I mean, I just, I just really, uh, you know like what? The taxpayers and, pay up is what she wants. Yeah, the taxpayers have to pay. The truck driver's life is going to be turned upside down. In a normal civilized city, which we used to have, what would happen is all these witnesses, all these neighbors would say, hey, there's a guy sleeping in the street or he's standing in traffic. And the police would come and take him away and they'd lock him in like some kind of mental health clinic until they could figure out what to do. That's what a normal, intelligent society would do. That's what compassion is. You take the guy off the street by force, and then you put him in a mental health clinic and see what you could do for treatment. But in this city, under Garcetti, and now under Karen Bass, the police don't show up to do anything productive. And then everybody else is going to get sued and blamed. That is BS. Coming up after 3 o'clock, we're going to be talking about the Michigan State University campus shooting. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. All right, there was a shooting that unfolded last night on the campus of Michigan State University. We will get the details from Alex Stone after the news at two or 3 o'clock. And, of course, what I heard immediately this morning, everyone's looking for a motive. What is the motive the reasons for this horrible shooting? Uh, what, what is this motive obsession? Why is that the first question? People want to understand why this could happen. What would happen to a person to do this? Is that true? Nobody I I know says that. Everyone just assumes it's... Everybody I know just assumes it's another lunatic with a gun got loose. There's always a part of me that says we everybody should stop covering these stories because it just promotes the next person Mm -hmm. into thinking, okay, I can go out with a blaze of glory. Oh, I agree. Half these guys, it seems, killed themselves. The other half, 
get get caught, get you know, yeah. taken into custody. But uh, so. you know, again, they had this guy on a gun charge a few years ago, and they didn't give him any jail time. So, yeah, hey, his father up. speaking out. He mentally unwound a few years back. That's right. Okay, mental case was charged well, with a felony involving a gun, not given prison. Hey, what do you think's going to happen? What do you think's going to happen? There was no punishment for having the gun the first time, and he's he's out of his mind. We are faced with an overwhelming mental health crisis in this country now. It explains the homeless problem. It explains some of the shootings. I, there's Either there's not enough services to take care of these people, there or is. there's not enough laws to compel these people into getting services. That's true, too. I and, know. And They're probably both true. And there's no desire to pass a law to force them in. Right. Instead, oh, let's get all the guns. That's all we got. Yeah. Remove all the guns. No one can shoot each because, other. Because uh, yelling about guns yeah. gets you fundraising money. There yelling about guns mental, if we... Yeah. No, really. Yelling at a mental illness get, gets no fundraising money. People aren't passionate about that. No. And, and, of course, if you fund mental illness, then you've got to compel people into mental illness treatment. See, these two things, they look like it's just we can't get over that, those fences. I we can't get there. I just found an article. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. And a lot of people don't want to work in mental health field. Oh, yeah. Considering sure. the, the, the shakeup that happened during the pandemic where so many people quit like the restaurant jobs, mm -hmm. a lot of people quit these kind of jobs, too. Well, they don't want to deal with this. It's stressful well, to work in mental well, health. It must be. If they actually built all the clinics and hospitals they need, there'd be nobody to staff them. You couldn't pay enough money to get a qualified staff. It, 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 it would be impossible to find enough tax money for that. That's why it's never going to be done. This is not work anybody wants to do. I, I, I wouldn't want to do it. Actually, I'd rather live in a tent than they'd be locked up with, a, with mental patients trying to force medication on them every day. With a, what the, there's there's got to be a better way. Uh, I just one other thing, uh, and I'm, maybe we'll get to this tomorrow because I, I just started. I found um, a story put out by Kaiser Health News. Kaiser has its own news service now. So you gotta, Yes, I have seen those stories. Right. Yes. Uh, and it's about uh, how's Newsom going to run for president with the homeless situation so out of control. And where he, he, he kind of admits that uh, nobody really knows what to do because you can't force people into treatment. You can't force them to take medication. You can't get them engaged. They don't even want to hear about it. And I, as I just said, I'm not sure there is enough mental health care treatment out there. No. Even if you got them all into it, who's going to do this? Right. That's going to yep. take a real, real, I hate to say funding, but a recruitment effort is really what it's going to take. I don't know. I don't know how that conversation goes where you talk somebody into taking care of mental patients for the rest of their life. Well, even, speaking of, even yeah. if you did, they'd probably quit in two years. There is a shocking sort of development in a story we've been covering. The uh, radiologist from Pasadena by the name of Darmesh Patel, who was up with his family in a trip in Northern California, drove his Tesla off a cliff with his wife and their two kids inside. Remember that story? Remarkably, they all survived, even though they call that devil slide, where a few people that drive off that PCH section live. Uh, apparently, when the paramedics got there, the wife was screaming, he, he's trying to kill us all. Here's the shocking new development. She does not want him to be charged. Because apparently, from what we understand, Ms. Patel, her name is Neha, has told, I guess, investigators or prosecutors, she does not want her husband it, to be prosecuted. It's not her call. That's true. They can still do it anyway, which yeah. happens in a you lot know, of domestic violence cases. We had but, that story uh, earlier this week. I don't think we did it on the air in Oakland about 
there was some killer up there, and the family was forgiving yeah, a, the killer. Yeah, a woman and, that was owned a bakery was murdered. She got right. dragged after they stole like her purse or her yeah right, and she held onto the car, and the thieves dragged her, and she died. And all her progressive woke family members don't want the guy incarcerated. It's not up to you when they file a felony murder case. The case is entitled "The People versus Blank." The people versus But they the need murderer. the witnesses to make the case stronger, you, right? Well, you do. That helps. But it it's not a civil case where the family is trying to put the uh, the killer in jail or the wife is trying to put the killer in jail. It's the people of California that are trying to put the killer in jail. And part of the reason is to keep the killer from killing anybody else because clearly he's violent and out of his mind. So it's not your call. It doesn't matter if you, I forgive. It's like, that's great. You know, you go take that to church and you can go forgive. But the rest of us want killers put away for life. All right. When we returned, uh, it's the gunman at Michigan State. He opened fire last night, killed three, wounded five more before he killed himself. Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, has all the latest. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Jeb and Mark, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love and Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com.